2: What do we do if, you know, somebody like a friend is going through a hard time and, you know, we don't want to shirk our responsibility? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the verses that kept tripping me up around this and making me feel maybe boundaries aren't appropriate for a Christian woman, and, Mm -hmm. and that is... That was a mistake in my thinking. Mm-hmm. But one of the verses that kept tripping me up was Jesus modeled to lay down his life mm-hmm. for his friends and, and instructs us, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's beautiful to lay down your life for a friend. And it is. However, we must remember, Jesus laid down his life for a high and holy purpose. Mm-hmm. He did not lay down his life to enable bad behavior to continue. Mm-hmm.
1: You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Lisa, welcome back to She well. Thank you, Jordan. It's always so fun to talk with you. Oh, it's so fun. You guys, if you haven't heard Lisa's first episode on forgiveness on on this podcast, be sure to give it a listen because that one was so good. But today we're going to talk about another topic that I think is super relevant and important. Uh, but before we do, Lisa, can you tell us a little of your background just for those who may have not heard your first episode or may not be familiar with you and also why you decided to write a book on boundaries?
2: Yeah. Well, I was married 30 years and experienced probably the last 10 years of my marriage, a lot of relational trauma, Mm -hmm. heartbreak and betrayal. And Mm -hmm. it was just probably the most, I wouldn't say probably, I would say it was the most devastating relationship breakup Mm -hmm. that I have ever experienced in my life. Mm -hmm. And so, and I call it the death of my marriage. So that happened and when i was no longer in a marriage to work on mm-hmm. i started working with my counselor on me and what what was something that i really personally needed to address in my life and learn to get better with and boundaries rose to the top immediately and i think one of the reasons that boundaries became something that I needed to personally work on so much is I didn't have the biblical Mm confidence that boundaries were a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, not only was I not drawing healthy boundaries, but I was allowing myself and my capacity to get so diminished in certain dynamics of relationships that The best of who I was was just getting lost. I remember one time I wrote in my journal, you know, what are those qualities that I know to be true about myself? And I listed out, I know I am kind. I know I'm generous. I know I am gracious and hospitable. And then I said, okay, Lisa, which of these qualities are getting diminished because you are getting so overrun in the capacity of your life, your mm-hmm. relational capacity, your emotional capacity, your time capacity, all of that, where, where are you so overrun, frazzled, and maybe even fractured that these qualities are being diminished? Mm-hmm. And I looked at the qualities and I was like, you know what, right now, I'm not being gracious. Right now, I am struggling to be, it's not that I was struggling to be kind, I was still kind, but I was struggling to with the cynicism mm-hmm. that can sometimes come along with mm-hmm. with certain people. And mm-hmm. that was not normal for me. And so I realized I'm losing the best of who I am. Mm-hmm. And I need to get better at boundaries. So honestly, I'm writing this book and living the message at the very same time. Mm-hmm. But I can say it's completely transformed the way I think about relationships. Mm.
1: You know, I think this is so important, especially I think as women and as Christian women, especially because we have such a heart to serve and to be there for people and to make a difference and so easily and kind of like quickly without even realizing sometimes that the yeses we give, and the the serving we do, and the kindness we try to show, like I think sometimes we believe the lie that boundaries and kindness are not synonymous. like they cannot go hand in hand. It's like one or the other, because boundaries I think can feel like walls, or they can feel like we're shutting people out if we don't think of them in a healthy way. So I would be curious what your thoughts are on just like boundaries in general, like what are boundaries and what can they look like, and then I want to dig into how we can use them, like how can we. I guess my question is, how would you explain what a healthy boundary actually looks like? And how can we confidently set those as women who have hearts that want to serve, hearts that want to be kind, that want to be gracious, that want to be available um, for the people in our lives?
2: I think these are such good, crucial questions, and certainly questions that I wrestled with Mm. at the beginning of this journey as well. And here's what's so ironic. I think it's actually unkind to not have boundaries Mm. and the reason why I say that is because what boundaries really are it's boundaries are a way to communicate about crucial parameters in a Mm -hmm. relationship and I like to break it down to three questions what I can and cannot give Mm. what I am willing and am not willing to tolerate, and what I will and will not accept. See, I think it's actually kind to establish in our relationships the answers to these important questions, because mm. where there's boundaries, then there's freedom. Mm. It's it's really awkward and hard to be in a relationship where you feel like you're walking on eggshells because you don't know where the freedom really is. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. And So, you know, and also boundaries help us be honest, and honesty is. When, uh, when communicated appropriately, is actually kind. Mm -hmm. You know, it it would be kind for me to say to you, Jordan, I love processing life with you, and my brain shuts down at eight thirty p.m. each night. Mm -hmm. So I'm willing to take your calls between six and eight thirty, but after eight thirty, it this is bad theology. I'm about to tell you (laughs) after eight thirty. It feels like the Holy Spirit leaves my body, and so you <laughs> will get an unkind version of me mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so you know bad theology but but mm-hmm. a good a good picture right mm-hmm. for me to be kind enough to communicate that with you, and then you don't have to worry at seven thirty is it too late to call Lisa mm-hmm. or at eight o'clock. Is it too late to call Lisa? Because mm-hmm. you know, I'm mm-hmm. available until 830. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's one of the most kind things I could do yes. is establish the boundaries, open up those lines of communication. I'm convinced more relationships die, not because we attempted to have boundary conversations, mm-hmm. and they maybe didn't go well, but because we refused to have conversations that were desperately needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's so true. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard the metaphor, and I I want to say it's like Tim who may have come up with this, but don't quote me on that because I don't know exactly where it came from. But my husband shared it with me one time. And it's in the context of like, you're able to thrive when you operate within healthy boundaries or limitations that God has set, like in terms of how you're designed to live. But I think this principle applies to relationships as well. And the metaphor was um, a fish in a stream, right? It's like a fish is going to thrive when it's within the boundaries of the stream, when it's within the water and the banks of the river, right? And you could technically free that fish and give it free rain and lay it on the land, but it's not going to thrive. It's barely going to survive, right? And similarly, like in our lives, when there are certain healthy like bumpers or boundaries for us to operate in, in general in life, but I think also in relationships, it's it applies similarly. Like the principle is that, you know, when you have a, when you're operating within the bounds that you were made to serve, to thrive, when it's going to be the healthiest for the relationship and there's boundaries on that for both parties involved, it's most likely to be able to thrive like the fish in the stream. You could- it could be a free-for-all, you know, there could be no communication on where the bound is or where the boundary line is. But then what starts to happen, like you said, is the relationship can get damaged, harmed, you know, unintentionally hurt. And that can lead to the death of a relationship, a breakup, unhealthy, you know, communication. And it just it just reminds me of that kind of like, The blessing of a boundary is that you know where you can swim, if you will, or where you can move to where you're really going to be able to thrive and where you're not going to be able to thrive, where the relationship is not going to thrive.
2: Exactly. And also, it allows you to understand the other person and some Mm -hmm. of the unique dynamics that are required in that relationship, not just for them, but for you as well. Mm -hmm. I like to think of boundaries in terms of two really important words. One is access, the other is responsibility. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of spiritual confidence and drawing boundaries, as I started studying the Bible right from Genesis at the beginning, even Genesis 1, how God established the Mm -hmm. foundation of the world, He used boundaries. He separated light from darkness, sea Mm -hmm. from dry land, and sky from sea. And Mm -hmm. so, Boundaries really are not just a good idea. They're actually God's idea. And Mm. by the time we get to the way that God instructed the temple to be built and who could go where in the temple, He gave certain access to certain people who had to demonstrate an appropriate level of responsibility for that kind of access. Now, this did not mean that certain people were more valuable than other people. Mm -hmm. It just meant that more was required of them. Mm -hmm. And when I started to realize this, by the time we get to the Holy of Holies, only the high priest had that level of high access. Mm -hmm. But he also had to bring the highest level of responsibility or he would drop dead. And so he would pay the greatest consequence. And as I studied that, I started to think, this is my issue. I give level 10 access to people that may be only demonstrating level three responsibility. Mm -hmm. And the difference between level 10 access and level three responsibility, that's where dysfunction grows. That's Mm -hmm. where the chaos is. And where there's chaos, there is usually a lack of a boundary. Mm That's such an interesting way to think about it. Yeah. And so, as I started to think about, okay, what does this look like in my life? Mm -hmm. You know, I give access to people every day. And what it really is, is access to my capacity. Mm -hmm. And we are not unlimited in our capacity. Mm -hmm. We are limited, not because we're selfish, but because we're human. Mm -hmm. And only God has a limitless supply. Mm -hmm. So, When I give people access to my capacity, that could be my time, my money, my emotion, my relational capacity, all these different areas of my life. Mm -hmm. When I give people access, I need to communicate to them what the appropriate responsibility is for that level of access. And If they are unwilling or incapable of anything above, let's say, a level three responsibility, I used to try to put a boundary on that person to try to make them be more responsible with the access that I've given them, but we Mm -hmm. can't control other people. Mm -hmm. So the only real productive option at that point is to put a boundary on myself and reduce the level of access I'm giving that person down to level three, which is their demonstrated level of responsibility.
1: I love that. That's such a good point. And you know, something else that you talk about is you've compared healthy relationships to bank accounts. And I think this is fascinating. So I want to talk about it. Can you explain that comparison and really how it can help us understand the value of emotional well-being?
2: Yes. Well, I love to kind of flip the interview at this point. And ask you a couple questions okay. <laughs> about the bank account. Okay, so Jordan, do you have a bank account? Yes. Okay. Do you have unlimited funds in your bank account? No. That would be nice okay. though. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so nice, yeah. right? No, no one's ever said yes to that mm-hmm. question. <laughs> so you have you have limited funds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have a passcode on like a security passcode on your bank account? Yep. So would you feel comfortable giving every listener right now information that would grant them access to your bank account? Probably not. (laughs) Definitely not. not. Yeah. Okay. Why? Why would you not want to do that?
1: Because- I think the clearest reason is because when you don't know the level of trustworthiness of every person that you would be g- granting access, like it kind of goes back to what you were saying about the responsibility thing, like to give that level of access to people who probably are not at the same level of responsibility that I would be as the manager of the bank account that feels misaligned,
2: if that makes sense. Absolutely. So. And, and is that because you're unkind? Mm-mm. Is it because you're unchristian? Mm-mm. It's because you're responsible, Right. 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 And so we know this really well with necessary boundaries around our bank account but we forget it in other areas of capacity mm. in our life. Yeah. That's such a helpful like visual to to kind of compare because you're right. There's
1: like when it comes, you know, I think I try to think of time as a currency in my life because it is limited. It's even probably more limited than money because you can make more money but you can't get back time, right? Exactly. Um, And yet we treat something like a bank account that holds funds as probably more, something we protect more than the minutes on our clock.
2: That's right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just like we are limited in our capacity in the bank account, we're limited in our emotional capacity. Mm -hmm. We're limited in our relational capacity. You know, we cannot have... 50 very close friends mm-hmm. there just isn't the you just don't have the time capacity to keep up with everything that you would keep up with with a really really close friend yeah. you know yeah and we have limited intellectual capacity and spiritual capacity mm-hmm. and time capacity and all of that so we know this so well with our bank account but we just forget it in yeah. other areas but i like to tell people you're already doing boundaries really well when you say that you have a security passcode on your bank account and you don't allow people that you don't know could be completely trustworthy full access Mm -hmm. to your bank account. So Mm -hmm. see, you're already doing this really well.
1: Yeah, now it's just like you got to copy paste that into some other areas of life.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so
1: exactly. speaking of of access and capacity, you talk in your book about choosing how much emotional access we grant to people, and I think this is an interesting concept, especially in light of the bank account comparison. What does it look like to limit someone's emotional access? Because I think with a bank account, it's very tangible. We understand well. You just don't give them your passcode, right? But how does that work when it comes to limiting or you know putting a boundary on someone's emotional access?
2: Great question. So let's do this in terms of Thanksgiving dinner, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's say you're hosting Thanksgiving dinner this year and you are inviting your family members, but you start to feel a little anxiety that grows into some chaos in your emotions Mm -hmm. around Uncle Fred coming. Mm -hmm. And it's not because you don't love Uncle Fred, you love him very much and you want him to be there. But the reason why you're experiencing some chaos as you think about Uncle Fred and maybe some anxiety is because Uncle Fred in the past at family dinners has mm-hmm. brought up very divisive topics. Maybe mm-hmm. he brings up political issues. Maybe he brings up spiritual issues. and Or maybe he just brings up hot button issues mm-hmm. that stir up drama mm-hmm. at the family meal. Mm-hmm. And you recognize you do not have the emotional capacity for that kind of drama to get stirred up because you already sense, hey, I am, I am going out, you know, with a bang for this Thanksgiving dinner. I'm cooking, I'm coordinating all the people, I'm doing all the stuff. And so you're already going to be physically tired, which for me, physically tired can also mean even more limitations in my emotional capacity. mm mm-hmm. And plus, there's other things that have taken up the emotional space in your life. Maybe you've been experiencing some emotional wear and tear around a friendship or, Mm -hmm. you know, around a certain hardship in your life. So Mm -hmm. I have to be honest with myself around my emotional capacity. So let's say you love inviting Uncle Fred, but Mm -hmm. Fred's going to bring up topics And you don't have the emotional capacity. And what you think could happen is if he brings up that topic and you start feeling attacked, your emotional capacity is going to get bankrupted Mm -hmm. and you're going to snap. And you're going to say something that you'll later regret. The purpose of Thanksgiving is to be thankful. And now I'm just mad, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you have a choice. You can ignore the issue and hope things go well and risk losing the best of who you are at the Thanksgiving table, or mm-hmm. you can inform Uncle Fred of a boundary. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not putting a boundary on him because you cannot control what he actually brings up and doesn't bring up. Mm-hmm. But what you can do is put a, per- put a parameter, put a boundary on yourself. And this is how I c- would communicate it. Uncle Fred, I love having you at family gatherings. You're fun, you're energetic, and you just are the life of the party. And I do have to inform you that I do not have the emotional capacity this year for divisive issues to be brought up. And I know how you love a good debate, but I am informing you that if those politically divisive or spiritually divisive topics come up, I will remove myself from the Thanksgiving table. Mm Because I don't want to lose the best of who I am. And I have limited emotional capacity for that. You are in charge of you. So if you bring it up, just know I'm going to either remove myself from the table or I will just exit that conversation and turn to the other end of the table Mm -hmm. and have a different conversation. Mm -hmm. So I'm informing you of this so that you don't get confused Mm -hmm. what's happening. Right. And my request is that those things not get brought up, but it's your choice whether or not to do it. My choice is to mm-hmm. remove myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: you know, I think there's so much, so much that can be avoided if you're upfront and communicating those things. And I think we are afraid to communicate those things because we're afraid to offend someone or make them uncomfortable. But the reality is if you know that you can't, you know, be around that conversation in this example, or you're gonna have to get up and walk away because you just can't handle it in this season, or you just don't have the capacity for it, it's still going to make them uncomfortable. So it's like it's better to just be honest and forthcoming about that rather than, you know, leave everyone wondering, like, well what's her deal you know so i think you know it's almost it's it's uncomfortable but i think a necessary discomfort to have those upfront conversations and set that uh, emotional boundary in a way of like i can't allow access in this in this way you know at, at least not today or in this this time of my life and i'm giving you that that warning for that i think that's great
2: yeah and you know the other thing is we need to remember the purpose of this The purpose of a boundary is not to control another person. Mm. The purpose of a boundary is to remain self-controlled for our life, Mm. you know? Mm. And so, we don't put boundaries on them. You know, a mistake that I've made in the past is, Uncle Fred, if you bring up this topic, I am going to tell you, you have to stop. Or Mm -hmm. you're not allowed to bring up this topic or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I get that to some extent because you don't want the topic brought up. Mm However recognizing that you cannot control him Mm -hmm. it really opens your eyes and helps you not feel so powerless because Mm -hmm. if he brings something up and disrespects that boundary you feel powerless besides Mm -hmm. just threatening him or trying to control him or manipulate him and boundaries should never be used as weapons like Mm -hmm. that yeah boundaries should be used as safeguards so that again like the subtitle of my book says you can love others without losing the best of who you are
1: Did you see my new book, Embrace Your Almost, is officially out in the world, and I can't believe it's available to you anywhere books are sold. You can grab it from Amazon or Target or Barnes & Noble or Books A Million. There's some special editions out there, too. Target has an exclusive edition. Barnes & Noble and Books A Million both have signed editions. And you can also get it at local independent bookstores. Anywhere books are sold, you should be able to find it. So if you are walking through a season of unmet expectations or disappointment or broken dreams or waiting or uncertainty, this book will bless your life. If you are not in one of those seasons, but you're just not entirely sure what's next for you, this book will bless your life. And if you have a loved one or a friend or a sister who's walking through a season like that, who's dealing with unmet expectations or broken dreams or uncertainty or waiting, this book will be such a great gift for her or something to pass on to her. So If that sounds like something you need or something a loved one in your life needs, grab a copy, grab a copy from Amazon, grab a copy from Barnes and Noble, from Target, from anywhere books are sold. I cannot wait to hear what you think. And I cannot wait to not only get this message in your hands, but also for you to pass on this message and share it because I believe it's more than a message. It's a movement. So as you listen, as you go about your day, I would love for you to put it in order, grab a copy and start reading as soon as it arrives at your door.
0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
2: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer? Upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she thrivemarket.com slash she. Okay. Right in that same kind of line of thinking, there's something else that I wanted to ask about, because I know this is a question so many are struggling with, especially as we think through loving others, right? But also knowing when we need to set boundaries, I think there is sometimes some uncertainty about when we should set boundaries or shouldn't necessarily set a boundary in that. I guess my question is, how can we know the difference between when boundaries are needed or when a new boundary is, you know, necessary to set and when that may actually hinder the opportunity to minister to someone that we maybe just don't like that much or really connect with or click with. How do we know if a relationship is healthy or unhealthy and
2: whether or not a
1: new boundary or, you know, a boundary in general is is required for that?
2: Well, show me where the relational chaos is and I'll show you exactly where boundaries are needed. And so when you start to get to that place where you're saying, oh, I cannot take it anymore or... You know, this is, this is just wearing me out and I'm just losing my cool and Mm -hmm. that, you know, I don't want to do that. So show me the relational chaos and I'll show you where there's a needed boundary. Mm -hmm. But to the question where, what do we do if, you know, somebody like a friend is going through a hard time and, you know, we don't want to shirk our responsibility. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, one of the verses that kept tripping me up around this and making me feel maybe boundaries aren't appropriate for a christian woman and mm-hmm. that is that was a mistake in my thinking mm-hmm. but one of the verses that kept tripping me up was jesus modeled to lay down his life mm-hmm. for his friends and and instructs us you know it's mm-hmm. it's beautiful to lay down your life for a friend and it is however we must remember jesus laid down his life for a high and holy purpose. He did not lay down his life to enable bad behavior to continue. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's such
1: a powerful differentiator because I think we have such a hard time seeing that. Like it's just you're right. That that verse trips us up so much and I think that is why so many Christian women struggle to feel like boundaries or limitations on relationships are somehow unkind or unchristian, but when it becomes chaos and when you're when you're laying down your life or you're serving but it's actually enabling bad behavior or unhealthy habits or what have you it actually isn't helping that person
2: right that's right and so one thing that was very important to me is to include a bonus section at the end of good boundaries and goodbyes and it is full of verses that when i asked on social media what are some verses that have been weaponized against you to make you feel guilty for boundaries or to make you mm-hmm. not enforce your boundaries? And people sent quite a few verses. So I went with my theological team on a deep dive, and we chose some of the really important verses, and we wrote out the sort of the biblical correct version of what these verses actually mean. So what you'll find in this bonus section at the end of Good Boundaries and Goodbyes is this is the verse. This is how it's been misinterpreted or weaponized. Mm -hmm. This is what the verse actually means. And then I give people a script. This is what to say if somebody Mm -hmm. tries to use this verse incorrectly and in, in an effort to make you drop your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my favorite sections of the entire book because I think it'll help people have the emotional fortitude and biblical confidence mm-hmm. around boundaries and equip them from a theological standpoint that, again— Boundaries are not just a good idea. They're actually God's idea.
1: Yeah, that's so good. So good. I love that you did that. So for our listeners who have established clear boundaries with someone who has treated them in unhealthy ways, what advice would you give them or how can they now measure healthy changes in that relationship? How long should they you know, wait for the needed change that they want to see or the improvement that they want to see once they've established those clear boundaries?
2: Well, remember, love should be what draws us together, not what tears us apart. And one of the most important things in any relationship as you're establishing healthy boundaries is to watch how the other person respects a healthy boundary. Mm. You know, if we establish a healthy boundary in a relationship and the other person threatens to walk away from us or threatens to take stuff from us or, or just disrespects the boundary in general, then that's a huge clue that the reason why this healthy boundary seems so offensive is maybe because the other person isn't actually in a healthy space. Now, Mm -hmm. we don't want to go around judging, oh, this friend is healthy. This friend is not healthy. That's not what we want to do, but we do want to pay attention. And in Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, I give a checklist of some things to consider If you find that you establish a healthy boundary and the other person has a real disrespect or a really bad reaction to Mm. your healthy boundary, because healthy people respect healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so if you're worried somebody may reject you because you drew a healthy boundary, well, then chances are that person is eventually going to reject you whether or not you draw this Mm. boundary. You just have to decide if you're going to stay in that relationship In the way that that relationship is to the point where you're frazzled, fractured, and losing the best of who you are? Or are you going to draw the boundary, recognizing that healthy boundaries are good? Mm -hmm. And if the other person rejects you because of a healthy boundary, then that speaks more where they're at than where you're at.
1: Yeah, that's so true. So good. I think we all need that encouragement because it can be so discouraging, you know, when you don't get the response that you were hoping for, you feel rejected. And it's like, man, all I'm trying to do is do something that will benefit our relationship, you know? So that's such a good clue to be paying
2: attention to. Another thing to pay attention to, Jordan, and this is where I just am going to step all over my own toes here and I'm going to have a (laughs) confession. Is it okay if I have confession on your podcast? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Lisa Turkhurst is my name and confession right now is my game. Okay, here we go. So... You know, something that kept tripping me up with boundaries was I tend to be a people pleaser. And that's not fun to admit, but it was crucial for me to acknowledge. You see, I was, as I dug into this in my own heart and really did my own therapeutic work around this, I wasn't just people pleasing to try to keep other people happy. I was people pleasing to keep them happy so that they wouldn't take from me something they were giving to me that I felt like I had to have in order to be okay in this world. And it, it wasn't ever really about pleasing the other person. It was really because I was desperate to get from other people what I feared I would never get from God. Isn't that crazy when you start like doing some heart digging
1: and you work through like, what is the actual root issue here?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: because it's like, you probably consciously didn't necessarily think like, I don't think I'm gonna get this from God. But when you start digging into your own fears and insecurities and past hurts and things like that, like it, if you actually start uncovering it, sometimes you come to find like, oh, I'm having like a a crisis of what I'm struggling to actually believe, like getting my heart and my head on the same page. Like in my head, I would say, I believe these things that, that, you know, I'll get these things from God or God is, you know, ultimately my source of joy, satisfaction, purpose, identity, et cetera but my heart's having a hard time believing that because of X, Y, or Z. And when you actually start uncovering that, it reveals a lot of why, like a lot of the why behind certain behaviors and certain tendencies. It really
2: does. And for me, one of the big keywords was acceptance. Mm -hmm. And I, I should live from a place of acceptance because God has accepted me. God has called me a dearly beloved child and, That He loves me and His grace is sufficient for me. So I should live from the place I've already been accepted by God. Therefore, I need to live accepted. I need to live loved. Like I'm already loved by God. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to walk around begging others for scraps of love and Mm -hmm. scraps of acceptance, you know, trying to people please to keep them happy really as an effort to control their perception of me so that they will give me back the acceptance and love I feel so desperate for. Mm -hmm. And it's not, you know, it's not like I'm walking around desperate in the sense of feeling super insecure, Mm -hmm. but it was affecting my ability to say no in situations I needed to say no in. And I was so worried that that person might reject me. I was so worried that that person would no longer accept me. I was so worried how it would affect me Mm -hmm. if I didn't have that love or that acceptance from that person or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that they were providing for me. And that's when I had to really challenge myself. That I need to step into situations fully accepted and fully loved, so that I'm free to give to that relationship and not just always look, looking to control the other person, so they don't take that from mm. me. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's so good and such a like important reminder, but so hard to sometimes I think put into practice. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, that's so good. And speaking of that, kind of the next thought I was wondering about is what advice you would give to a person who maybe feels like they've tried boundaries before, but that they didn't work. Like they weren't effective, they weren't respected, or they just weren't very good at keeping them or however it feels like they didn't work. What advice do you have for that person?
2: Chances are the reason why you feel like it didn't work is because you put a boundary on another person. And the most we can ever do with external pressure and another person is create temporary behavior modification, not real lasting change. We cannot change another person mm-hmm. if they're unwilling or incapable of whatever our expectation is. Then putting a boundary on them is going to do nothing but frustrate you and leave you feeling kind of powerless mm-hmm. because if they If you put a boundary because you want them to change and they don't change, then you can start to feel kind of hopeless, powerless, and frustrated and feel like boundaries don't work for you. Mm -hmm. But that's because you're putting it on another person. Don't put the boundary on the other person. Mm -hmm. Decide what you need. You get to decide what you will and will not accept. You get to decide what you can and cannot tolerate. You get to decide what you can and cannot give. And so you put parameters on yourself you put the boundary on yourself in that situation and you set some rules for yourself Mm -hmm. around those three important questions what you can give what you can accept and what you can tolerate and so You put the boundary on yourself and that's where real progress can happen. So just like the example of, you know, Fred at the dinner table, the parameter you put on yourself, you free Fred to do whatever Fred's going to do. But you free yourself to say, I'm going to prepare in a time of strength when I'm having logical thoughts and I'm reading good boundaries and good pies. (laughs) So you prepare in that time of strength for a time of weakness, when you're going to need to implement a boundary, it's hard to think of a boundary in that moment Mm -hmm. of tension or frustration. So think of the boundary ahead of time and think through what it will cost you because boundaries will absolutely cost you something, Mm -hmm. but it will give you back your sanity, your stability, and your self-control. Yeah, that's so good. It's true. It will cost you something, but it's like
1: that cost becomes worth it when you gain back those things you said. So that's so good. Okay. We're almost done here. I feel like I could ask a million more questions, but one thing I want to touch on is goodbyes because I know we've talked a lot about the boundaries side of this, but the title of your book is good boundaries and goodbyes. And so I think an important thing to touch on is how do you know when a relationship is at the point where a goodbye is necessary and do goodbyes always have to be forever? I'm curious what your thought is on that.
2: Well, two things to think about with this. Number one, remember where I said when you grant somebody access, but then they bring a low responsibility level to that. So if somebody's bringing zero responsibility to a relationship, you need to take steps, not leaps, but you need mm-hmm. to consider bringing that access that you've granted them down to their demonstrated level of responsibility. And if Mm -hmm. they give you zero responsibility, then you need to consider giving them zero access. Mm -hmm. And again, steps, not leaps. Mm -hmm. And get other wise people to help you think through this. Mm -hmm. Don't go at it alone, especially with something as significant as a goodbye. Mm -hmm. Give yourself permission that this may not, this may be a temporary separation. It may not be a goodbye forever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what what taking steps, not leaps is all about. Mm -hmm but then also be honest about this is this a mistake this other person made or is it a pattern mm-hmm. of behavior there's a big difference between a mistake and a pattern a mistake is something we all make and there's room for grace and repentance mm-hmm. and forgiveness and you know i wrote a whole book about that mm-hmm. but if this is a repeated pattern of behavior mm-hmm. we have to acknowledge that walking away or stepping away or separating because of safety, sanity, and stability. You know, it's not really us walking away if it's due to a repeated pattern of possibly destructive behavior that the other person is demonstrating. It's not us walking away. A goodbye may be us accepting reality. Mm. Wow. That's such an interesting...
1: Truth, because I think there's a guilt in, you know, feeling like, Am I giving up on this person? Am I giving up on this relationship? But you're right. Like you mentioned earlier, that a big word for you was acceptance. And I think sometimes when we come to accept reality, it can feel like we're giving up or we're cutting them out, right? When in reality, it's like coming to terms with the fact that this is the dynamic of the relationship and it is not sustainable.
2: Exactly. My counselor, Jim Cress always says this to me. Mental health is a commitment to reality at all costs. And so why am I surprised when I am living in some kind of denial about the severity of repeated patterns of behavior and what it's actually costing me emotionally and physically? If I live in denial of that, then I am not accepting reality. The reality is that, you know, when I was going through all of the most severe season of trauma in my marriage, which again ended and it cost me so much physically, Mm -hmm. but I kept living in denial that it was costing me anything. And I Mm -hmm. kept thinking, no, I'll just give a little more. No, I'll just, you know, Mm -hmm. pray more, do more, help more, enable more, Mm -hmm. you know, and all the while not understanding what that was doing to me. That's Mm -hmm. again, why the subtitle of the book is so important. Loving others Mm -hmm. without losing the best of who you are. And You know, I think coming to terms with some really good questions and throughout the book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes has lots of questions, but a really crucial question is this Am I diminishing the best of who I am in an effort to cover up the worst of who they are? Yeah. That's such a crucial question because one
1: thing I was going to add too as you were sharing that is when you lose the best of who you are, you are going to find that you have much less capacity. Like I think sometimes when we are so beat down or we've lost the best of who we are trying to kind of what you said, compensate essentially for the worst of maybe someone else in our life that we love dearly and we want to have a relationship with, it can hinder when that starts to steal the best of who we are, like you had mentioned in the beginning, kindness, graciousness, et cetera. It can make it hard to love the other people in our life and other relationships exactly. that would be healthy, like children, or maybe in, the, in in some cases it's a spouse, or maybe you know it's friends or or you know people we're ministering to. But when you lose the best of who you are because you're so caught up in trying to compensate or you know not have healthy boundaries on a relationship or a certain um, dynamic that you want to be good, but it isn't good. It steals your ability to love the other people in your life well that God has put in front of you to take care of, to steward, to pour into, to invest in because you're being robbed by this focus on that essentially causes you to lose the best of who you are in a way that's essentially because they're comp- you're compensating for the the worst of where someone else may be. Would you agree with yeah. that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And we're not doing the other person any favors either because... If we go along with whatever that repeated pattern of behavior is, Mm -hmm. then we are enabling them to the point where maybe they will never feel the pain of their choices. So they continue to make really poor choices. Mm. And so that's not doing them any favors either.
1: Yeah. So true. So true. Lisa, I feel like I could talk to you about these types of things for so long, we'd be here for the whole day. So. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm like, okay, where do we wrap it up? But I would love if just as we close, if you can share with everyone who's listening and who I know is impacted by these words, where they can hear more from you and also where they can get your new book, Good Bound or Good Boundaries and Goodbyes.
2: Yeah. So Good Boundaries and Goodbyes is available wherever books are sold. And we do have a special edition that we're offering at Proverbs 31 Ministries, so you can go to Proverbs31.org, click on the bookstore, and um, there's a bonus section for the special Proverbs 31 edition of the book, but the book is available wherever books are sold, and you can connect with me on social media, maybe Instagram or Facebook, and it's just my name, at Lisa Turkhurst, and of course, my name is spelled kind of weird, at L-Y-S-A-T, and hopefully I'll come up if you do a search. (laughs) I think you will. I think you will. Lisa, thank you for everything that
1: you've shared. Thank you for putting your heart into this book and just for continually showing up. I know you've had so much that you've walked through, but you've also been able to turn so much of what feels like a mess into powerful messages. And I think this book is going to bless so many. So thank you for writing it. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing all of this wisdom and encouragement with those of us who definitely needed to hear it. We absolutely love having you on
2: the show. Thank you, Jordan, so much. And thank you for all that you do to encourage me and all the other ladies listening. We just deeply appreciate you as well.
1: I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was. So that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit JordanLeedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.